We believe the Lord loves you. Say amen. Look to Calvary. If you have your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 18. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 18. We are continuing our series on day by day. Day by day. Uh, there's about five instances in the Word of God uh, that tell us that we can be in the will of God, enjoy the will of God, know the will of God day by day. We'll put up that review uh, slide in just a minute so you can catch up on the sermons that you missed. And it's been a good week, amen. I've had all my grandchildren, and uh, they've wore me slap out. Uh, and uh, we don't have any heat, so I thought I'd go to Cancun uh, and take a little vacation, amen. So you Republicans don't like that, amen. But anyway, um, and you know, I thought about something when I heard that beautiful choir special. Um, I heard myself, amen. And so, uh, Brother Blaine, maybe we could just, um, when it gets real lull around here, I'll just amen myself. Just, you know, just play that video, praise God, amen, amen. Well, to amen the word of God, say amen. 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 I say that all the time. Say amen, say amen, say amen. Like some kind of pep cheerleader up here or something. Amen. But uh, I believe it's a biblical word, and I'll prove it in just a minute, that we need to say amen. That means so be it. means agree. I agree with it. And, uh, you know, some people are so shy they'll have to whisper it. And some people are so shy they'll have to write it down and, and uh, leave it on the pew. That's fine, whatever you feel like doing. But uh, looking forward to the day that we... Uh, Get back to having this choir up here, amen, and maybe it won't be too long. You know, I was thinking about this, when we, when we start taking all these ropes down and we start all this social distancing and do away with it, I wonder if everybody's going to slide back to the back again. You know, everybody, oh, well, you know, all restrictions, everybody's crowd in the back again, amen. Uh, I, hope, I hope not. This looks so good, everybody's spread out, and uh, it looks like a full auditorium, amen. I know it's not, it's half full, but it just looks good, Amen. And some of y'all actually can see you because you're so close, amen, and that's, that's different in a Baptist church, I'll tell you what. But I'm just glad you're here. I don't care where you sit. You can sit in the hallway for all I care. And we have an overflow room. Some people get uh, feeling a little um, crowded. There's an overflow room back there, and it's a blessing. The other day we was praying. We was praying too long, I guess, and all of a sudden the song service came on. I said, praise God, we better cut this prayer meeting off, amen. And so... Um, we turned it down and kept on praying. Look at uh, verse 18. Let's stand on the Word of God. I'll uh, go through the whole chapter eventually, not that this morning. You ought to thank God for that. I'll uh, continue tonight and maybe on through next Sunday. But uh, I believe the Word of God should be exalted above His name, as the psalmist says. And I believe with all my heart that if you're not a person of the Word, then you cannot know the will of God and you're out of the will of God. And so your relationship with the Word of God is, um, is, is it tells how your relationship is with the God of the Word. And uh, in March, we're going to have on Sunday night, Brother Jeremy teach us on why we use the King James Version. And that's been three years since we've done that, I believe. And uh, so I'm excited about that. But first of all, to, know, to be in the will of God, day by day you must resist temptation. That's in Genesis chapter 39, I believe it is, Brother Cody. And we must resist temptation. We need to win the warfare against temptation. And then last week we preached on if we're going to be day by day in the will of God, we need to worship Him day by day. And this morning we're going to be uh, uh, preaching on uh, that we need to meditate day and night in the Word of God and we need to obey the Word of God day by day. We need to respond in obedience to the Word of God. So we're going to cover uh, three and four on our outline. 
We're going to meditate day and night, and we're going to respond obedient. Let's look at this verse. It says, also, here's the phrase, say it with me, day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read in the book of the law, and they kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according to the matter. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good attendance. It sure has encouraged my heart today. And I thank you, dear God, for those that you brought back that have been sick. God, we thank you for sparing them and thank you for being with them. Uh, God, we thank you for the D4 family listening in. Pray that you'd comfort and strengthen them and others that are listening. We thank God for the media ministry. Lord, as we had a testimony this week that the only way they made it through, uh, a dear lady in our church, the only way she made it through was uh, through the media ministry, bringing the word of God to her. And I thank God for that. And I thank God for everyone that's here and everyone that's listening by way of internet. And I pray, dear God, with all, our, with all my heart, that we'll always preach your word, teach your word. And God, uh, no matter what, the, the word of God will be preeminent, the preaching of it and the teaching of it in this church. But also, dear God, day by day that we could have a relationship with you as we read and meditate and memorize and obey the precious Word of God. Lord, thank you for giving us the Word. Thank you for preserving it. God, thank you for the men that laid their life down to help us have the Word of God. And Lord, I pray, dear God, we'd never take the Word of God for granted. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You know, the Bible says, and I was thinking about this, it's been a year since Brother Larry's went to heaven, and uh, his favorite chapter in the Word of God was Joshua chapter 1. He would often, uh, you know, discuss that with me, and he'd always bring it up, and he was just, uh, he just, he just loved Joshua chapter 1, and you know, it doesn't say day by day in uh, Joshua chapter 1, but it says that you'll meditate day and night in the Word of God, and uh, then, then you're, you'll be successful. It says, the book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, and then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. You know, we live in a day of success-oriented. And, um, you know, the Bible says in verse 9 of, of chapter 1 of John, it says, Have not I commanded thee, this was Brother Larry's favorite verse, Be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And so the word, we have the word of God that the Lord is with us wherever we go and where, whatever we do. And that will encourage us during this dark, dismal, confusing time that we're going through. But in, back in Nehemiah chapter 8, the Bible says that uh, in verse 1, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man. That's a miracle. Uh, under the streets that were before the water gate, and they spake uh, unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book. I got that underlined. Bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord has commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation both men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. 
And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning unto the midday. Amen. And before the men of the uh, and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. I want to give you one point this morning and uh, probably won't get past this point is that if we're going to have, know the will of God and enjoy the will of God and live out the will of God, we must have a desire for the word. We must have an appetite for the word. You know, you develop an appetite. You know, some people are picky eaters. My wife says, I am a picky eater. I don't believe that. I'll eat anything that's set before me as long as it don't have has cheese on it. If it has cheese on it, I don't want it. Amen. Let's send a pizza and it's disguised. Amen. But, uh, uh, you know, some people are very picky about their appetite. And I want to tell you something. They don't like a lot of things. They don't like this. They don't like that. And, folks, uh, I call them picky eaters. Uh, and I try to train my children, just eat everything that you can and uh, and uh, probably should narrow that down, don't eat everything, amen? But uh, we ought to have an appetite for the Word of God. We, there, it ought to be exciting that the Word of God's going to be preached this morning, the Word of God's already been taught this morning, that the Word of God's been sung about, and folks, tonight we'll do it again. And, you know, we can't improve on God's word. Amen? It's his word. And we need revival. And I believe we'll never have revival until we get back to the word of God. There's always all these people saying, hey, let's sing it down. Let's pray it down. I believe we ought to pray it down. But I want to tell you something, friend. We better obey the word of God if we're going to have revival. And we need to have an appetite for the word of God. The average church today cannot have revival on Thursday and Friday night because nobody will come. Now, if there's a football game, everybody will go on Friday night. But you put a uh, revival on Friday night, and that's unheard of. So now we start on Sunday morning go through Wednesday. And, folks, I tell you what, we ought to have two-week revivals like we did in the old days. Amen? I remember Brother Jimmy Clark. God bless him. We need to get him back in August, and I'm trying to do that. If somebody can drive him down here. Uh, thank God we had a two-week revival with him, and it was a blessing. First week we got right with God, and the second week people got saved. And folks, we need revival to turn the tide of the forces of hell. We need revival to enlist souls. We need revival, most indeed, to enthrone Christ. We need revival to endue God's people with power. Revival came as results in this chapter of the Word of God being uh, precious to the people of God. And they listened, they amen, they stood, they went from morning to midday. They didn't time God. God always has used his word in revival. God has not promised to bless our programs. God's not promised to bless our choirs. God's not blessed, uh, promised to bless our promotions. And you know, we're, we used to be high on that. Uh, folks separated from the word of God. Now if we're promoting the word of God, he'll, 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 uh, he'll bless that motion. And folks, God has not uh, promised to uh, bless personalities but God's promise to bless his promises. And folks, listen, when God was ready to create the world, what did he use? And God said, amen. When, uh, when God wanted to send a message to his people, uh, he, he ordained uh, prophets like Elijah and Isaiah and Jeremiah. And what did, they, what did they give? Their little opinion, a poem, 
uh, uh, Lord, their, uh, their personal uh, philosophy of life. No, they brought the word of God. And their favorite uh, phrase was, thus saith the Lord. Say amen. And folks, the Bible, when uh, God was ready to redeem mankind, he did it through the living word. And the word was manifested. And the word was God. Amen. The logos to us. When the Bible emphasizes over and over again the importance of the Christian loving and obeying the word of God, you better heed to it because there's no personal holiness without the word of God. You'll never be like Jesus until you get in this book. You'll never be like him. The Bible says that if his words abide in you, uh, folks, listen, we need to abide in him. And we're, a, we're the branch, he's the vine, he's the trunk, he's the source. And folks, we must abide in him. John 15, 1 through 11, talks about abiding in him. And folks, that's holiness. But you don't abide in him unless you abide in his word. There's no extra biblical Christians around here that's prospering and doing God's word. We don't base it on visions, we base it, base it on the voice of God. And so there's enlightenment comes through the Word of God. I'm going to spend most of my time this morning uh, reading the Word of God. And you might say, well, that's going to be boring. Well, you need to get your heart right with God then. I'll never forget the time that Brother Chris Hanks, and pray for him, please. But Brother Chris Hanks, I remember when he got up on a Sunday night and he preached the, the Word of God and never said one of his words. That was fantastic, wasn't it? Praise God, he needs to come back here and do that again. Amen. I mean, he never said one of his words. He never said, you know, I want to illustrate or I want to emphasize this or the next verse is. He just started at uh, 6 o'clock or 6.30 when we gave it to him. And at 7.15, he stopped after reading the word of God verse by verse by verse, mostly quoting it. And it was powerful. It was powerful. I'll never forget that message. And folks, he, uh, the word of God enlightens us. Uh, look at Psalms 119. Let's stay there the rest of the time, amen? And uh, I, I, I don't think you'll be bored. I, I'm, I'm excited about reading the, from the longest chapter about the greatest book in the world. That's the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. Children, stand up and sing it, amen? The word of God is what you ought to base your life on. And folks, we can get fancy but it's wonderful words of life. It's standing on the promises of God. And I want to say this, friend, if the longest book in the Bible, right in the middle of the Bible, is about the importance of the Bible, you better believe it's important. And we'll never have revival. And we'll never be in the will of God. And we'll never experience the will of God. And we'll never enjoy the will of God until day by day we're in the Bible. Day by day we read the Bible. Some Christians don't even read their Bible. Some Christians have never read their Bible through one time since they've been saved. That's an indictment against poor, poor Christianity. Amen? Folks, if you was put on trial, the number one thing you ought to prove that you're a Christian is you've read the Bible. You've read the Bible. I appreciate those guides. It's been a blessing to me over the last three or four years, reading the Bible through each, each year. But look at Psalms 119, and I want you to look at verse 130. And I just want to read some verses from Psalms 119 in closing. But don't pack up now. It's only 1134, amen? Look at verse 130. The Bible says this. The entrance of thy word giveth light. He giveth understanding unto the simple. And it's simply this. You won't know the will of God until you get in the word of God. 
And the will of God is the word of God. Look at Psalms 119, verse 105. Y'all know that verse by heart. The main thing is to live it. The Bible says, the word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. You know, the Bible days, they'd get bit by snakes if they didn't have a light lamp at their feet. And then they'd have a light on a pole to look on down the road. But I want to tell you something, folks. You wouldn't get down the road if you stepped on a snake in those days. Amen. How many like snakes? Raise your hand and move to L.J. No, don't do that. Um, I'm not a snake handler. Amen. Some people think independent Baptists are snake handlers, but I can't stand snakes. But I'll tell you, especially those that kill you. But I want to tell you this, friend. Every step was guarded by a lamp at their feet. And I want to tell you something, friend. If you want to be in the will of God 10 years from now, you better be in the will of God 10 minutes from now. And I want to tell you something. The will of God is for you to hear the word of God, obey the word of God, appreciate the word of God, and respect the word of God. Amen. Amen. I believe you do or you wouldn't be here. Some people are here and they don't feel like being here. I can tell by looking at you. Matter of fact, you never look like you want to be here. No, not really. But, uh, you know, thank God for you being here. And I don't read faces anymore because I can't see them. But I'll say this, friend. I believe that you ought to have a thrill in your heart about the Word of God. I mean, you might not smile. That might not be your personality. You might have been taught not to smile when you was young. But I'll tell you something. In your heart, there ought to be a thrill about the Word of God. I mean, you ought to be excited. There ought to be enthusiastic response to the Word of God. Like it was here, day and night, all through the afternoon, they were standing saying, Amen, Amen. They stood for the preacher, and the preacher got up on a wood platform called a pulpit. You think that's what we get this idea from? And folks, the Ezra proclaimed the Word of God to the people, and he taught it to them all through the morning and all through the afternoon, and all they said was amen, amen. And then verse 18 says they started applying it day by day. Revival broke out. Enlightenment through the Word of God. And then there's sanctification from the, by the Word of God. John 17, 17 says we're sanctified by the truth. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 says we're cleansed by the Word. You'll never get right with God until you get under conviction and the word of God will bring conviction. It's a light to our soul. It's a scaffold to our heart like a, a sharper than any two-edged sword. That's not a sword that you swing. It's a sword that you cut yourself and get above, beyond the facades and the fake fronts and the uh, personalities and get to the heart of the matter and find out what's in your heart. And you'll never know what's in your heart until you get in the word of God say amen. Right. Hebrews 4.12. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any uh, a surgeon's knife. That's what that's saying. And folks, you know, a lot of people says, well, I don't feel convicted about that sin. No matter how you feel about it. It's what God's word says about it. Say amen. You went by your feelings, you'd find the sorriest Christian you could find to emulate. But I'll tell you what, you get to the word of God, it shows you Jesus and shows you a standard of holiness and a standard of correction and folks, thank God for the sanctification of the Word of God. And then we have the encouragement from the Word of God. Oh, it's encouraging. It's encouraging because I want to tell you something. A lot of us have wanted to quit lately, but God's Word will keep us going. And as Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says, it was burning in my bones and I could not stay. And Jeremiah was in a pit and he was being beat to death, Brother Randy. 
And he was a weeping prophet because his people wouldn't even hear, listen to the preaching and the, and the prophesying. And his own people wouldn't even listen. And he said, hey, I wanted to quit, but the word of God was in my bones. And I could not stay. I could not quit. The word of God will enlighten you. The word of God will sanctify you. The word of God will encourage you. And folks, the word of God will empower you. Acts 4.13 says they, uh, they were ignorant and unlearned men. They noticed they were ignorant and unlearned men. That means of the law, of, of God's word. But they took notice of them because they had been with Jesus. Amen? And then the Bible says in Acts 4.30, uh, they prayed, the place was shaken, they all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what did they do? Speak in tongues? No, sir. They spake the word of God with boldness. And folks, we need to be... Realize it, it empowers us. It was so wonderful yesterday, Brother Mark and I got to go out visiting again. I felt free again. Praise God. I said, this is wonderful. Brother Jason and, and Brother Chris was visiting the bus route. We got to go visit some people that just visited our church and had some good visits. And um, last night, Connie and I got to visit the D4s and comfort her, but it was the Word of God that we brought to her. It's the Word of God that brings comfort. It's the Word of God that brings conviction. Folks, we'd have nothing to visit about if we didn't bring the Word of God with us. We need the Word of God. We need to pack it. Uh, more. It's more essential than your cell phone. Oh, I'm, getting, I'm meddling now. Somebody's going to start grabbing their Verizon. But I want to tell you something, friend. We don't leave home without it. Say amen. We'll go back home for it. Amen. I was on a trip the other day, and I got all the way to Carbondale Road. I said, oops, forgot my cell phone. Uh, Connie said, you going back? I said, I sure am. I might miss a call. God help us to miss a call. Amen. You can't get me, get Connie. Amen. But I want to say this, friend, listen, we don't leave, we don't leave, we don't leave the, uh, the house without the cell phone. We check it every day. And I want to tell you something. If we'd spend as much time in God's face as we do Facebook, we'd be spiritual. Mm, it's getting quiet now. Amen. That's a distraction, isn't it? And if it comes before God, it's a sin. Anything that comes before God is a sin. Amen. And folks, listen, I want to tell you something. There's a lot of distractions. There used to be TV. Now it's computer. Amen. The other day, little old Silas over our house, and, and he picked up a little square toy, and all of a sudden I, I looked at him, and he put it up to his ear, and he was mimicking like he was talking to somebody. I wonder where he got that idea. I think I know. Probably from Papa. But I want to tell you this, friend. God help us. The kids get on these mechanisms and these, and these uh, computers and laptops for hours at a time. And some of the parents say, praise God, I'm glad when I'm on a trip. I'll give them, I'll give them all a cell phone. Come on, missionary wife. Amen. Praise God. I'll give, them, I'll give them something to watch. Amen. That'd drive you crazy trying to go to Texas without a cell phone or without a game. You know, and that's all right, long as it doesn't become your God or goes before God or you spend more time on that than you do the Word of God. We need to get in His face. We need to seek His face. And we need to seek His Word. And I'm going to tell you another thing. We need to care about what He likes. We, some people live for likes. Oh, they, they didn't like my comment. Well, it ain't the end of the day. They might be busy, praise God. They ain't got time to look at your post. But I want to say this, friend. You ought to look at God's post, and you ought to like his post, and you ought to line up with his post. Say amen. 
I'm preaching now. I know some of you don't like this, but I want to tell you something, friend. We have a lot of distractions today from the Word of God. We have a lot of things that get in the way. TV, sports, uh, hobbies, self. I mean, all that's all right as long as it doesn't become before this Word. And if you're not careful, you'll fit this in about 10 minutes before you go to sleep so you can get God off your back and you won't die in your sleep. Say amen. So oh, I got to read my Bible today. Praise God, 10 minutes, I'm going to bed. Amen. I think you ought to get up every morning with this on your mind. The Word of God. It empowers you. Then the Word of God is a defensive weapon. I guarantee you this, friend. You're no match for the devil. You're no match for the flesh. And hey, you're no match for this wicked world. Say amen. You need the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God in your life. Matter of fact, I believe it'd be better to memorize it than anything because you might not have it right before you. And that's what Jesus did. He said, it is written. And Satan came to him three times in Matthew chapter 4. Amen. Adam and Eve would be a whole lot better off if they just said, it is written. And I'm not going to give in to your pride and your lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. And folks, we need to claim the word of God as our defensive weapon against Satan. So revival comes when our relationship with the word of God is what it ought to be. In verse chapter 8, verse 1 of Nehemiah, it says, bring the book. There's spiritual vitality in a church that desires the word of God. And I might be preaching a lot on this tonight. I don't know. I really wanted to preach a message about what it would take to, uh, for you to quit. And, but Job chapter 23, verse 10 says, But he knoweth the way that I take. Job, Hey, listen, it says, And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. It says, My foot hath held its steps. His way have I kept and not declined. He lost ten children. He lost his health. He lost even his wife that cursed him and said, why don't you cuss God and quit? But look at verse 12 of, of Jeremiah, uh, excuse me, Job 23. He says, neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Amen. He said, I have not, I'm not going back because I have, he knows my way, and I know his way, I know his will, and I know his word is more delightful to me than my favorite dessert. Amen. His word is more delightful than my favorite dish. Folks, I want to tell you something. Revival is about to break up or break out when you forget to eat because you're so in love with the word of God. Amen. How many ever tried to fast before? It's hard, isn't it? Hardest thing you'll ever do is try to fast for about three or four days. I mean, you, you, you wasn't hungry until you started fasting. Amen. How many ever tried to diet? Raise your hand. The rest of you come to the altar for being overweight. But anyway, um, we've all been on a diet. Brother Wallace always comment on how many times I've been on a diet. I sure miss him. But I want to tell you something, friend. 
We missed three meals in a row. We think it's the end of the world. We got a headache. We got sinus condition. We're 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 delusional. We're cranky. You ever notice when a man misses a meal, he gets cranky, grumpy. He said, "Well, mine gets grumpy before after he eats and before he eats." Okay, you got a problem. But anyway, what about people that miss two or three or four, or five or six days without the Word of God? Come on now, some of us can't miss three meals. It's hard. It's hard to fast. It's hard to diet. It's hard to give up desserts. When I get to heaven, I hope there's sweet tea. Amen. You Mormons, go ahead and say amen right there. But thank God for sweet tea. I was glad I was born in the South. One time I was traveling up near Chicago somewhere. I said, I, I, even McDonald's didn't have sweet tea. I said, this place has gone to Hades. Amen. Pray God. They ain't got, they're crazy up here. They don't even have sweet tea. Got to put that stuff in it, you know. It never gets sweet enough when it's cold. I mean, thank God for sweet tea. And thank God for strawberry shortcake. Thank God for peach cobbler. Thank God for blueberry cake. Thank God for all that's so wonderful. But I want to tell you something, friend. When we have to give it up, we're in trouble. And folks, some people don't desire the Word of God more than their necessary food. The Bible says 119. Go back to Psalms 119. You're probably still there. In verse 162, the Bible says this, a desire for the Word of God day by day. Psalms 119, 162. I rejoice that thy word is one that findeth great spoil. Great spoil. Folks, not only should it be uh, delightful as a great meal, but it ought to be delightful as a great treasure. Somebody finds a great sale, praise God, they're all excited about it. Put it on Facebook, go down there, you know, and Van Heusen's going out of business down in um, Calhoun, boy, $7.99 for shirts. Praise God, they announced that at the Jubilee the other morning. I thought some people were going to skip the next next service to go down and get them a $7.99 shirt. Amen. I thought about it. Folks, God help us. When we find a great spoil, we ought to share it, but thank God a great treasure, it ought to, we ought to rejoice. But the Bible says, I rejoice that thy word is one that findeth great spoil, a great treasure. Have you ever dreamed of finding a hidden treasure? I used to have a good friend. He's in heaven now. He's our first organist, Miss Trudy. He tried to play the organ. didn't play as good as you did, but uh, he tried. He was a state trooper, so you know how state troopers are, Brother Mark. They try everything, but he tried. She, he tried to play that organ in that storefront. And I remember one thing about Rick. He said, Rick, I, he always told me, he says, man, if I just, you know, Bought the land on I-75. I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. And he was always dreaming about these great treasures and these great finds. And I told him, I said, Rick, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse yet. You can't take it with you. And when he died, so help me, he put a, a U-Haul behind his son's truck and instructed him to follow the hearse so he'd make me uh, a liar. I was in South Africa, couldn't even go to the funeral, but the thank God Channel 12 taped it, praise the Lord. And here it was, a U-Haul it behind earth. But you can't take it with you. But praise God, you can take things and have great spoil, great treasures like the treasure of peace and purpose 
and joy and family and love and consideration and respect and, 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 and contentment and faith that money cannot buy from this book, the Word of God. So I close with this. What does the Bible say in Psalms 119 that we ought to have? Real quick, number one, we ought to have love exceedingly towards the Word of God. Look at Psalms 119, 97. Now, follow me real quick. You might want to circle these. Psalms 119, 97. The Bible says, Oh, how I love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Folks, saints ought to love the Word of God. They ought to love it. Look at verse 113. We're all in Psalms 119 now. Look at it. It says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I, what? Love. Look at Psalms 119, 159. Stay with me now. You at home, turn with me. Look at it. Get your Bible out. We're not palm readers. We're Bible readers. Put your cell phone on. Put your cell phone down. Look at verse 159. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to, the, to thy loving kindness. I'll tell you something. When you get in this book, you find out how much God loves you. That's worth the trip. Verse 167, Psalms 119. The Bible says this. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly I love them exceedingly you ought to love God's word more than anything on TV any person on this earth you ought to love God's word then you ought to delight in it in Psalms chapter 1 uh, you know the verse and I, I wasn't going to uh, leave Psalms 119 but Psalms 1 is so, so wonderful it says that we can be a blessing blessed is the man Blessed is the man. Folks, that word blessing means uh, blessed to be a blessing. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, we live in a lot of ungodly counsel. Have you noticed Hollywood's agenda lately? Even Hallmark is amplifying and magnifying queers. Did I say that right? I think I did. They're not gay. They're not gay at all. I want to tell you something, friend. Every show you see, I mean, just a good doctor, all of a sudden, here comes two men uh, married. All these, all these, uh, Hollywood wants to set, a, set a, a standard of living that's beneath God's word. You can like it, lump it, or bump it, as old brother Nathan Gregory used to preach, but I'm going to say this, friend. If God condemns it, it's wrong. If God's against it, it's wrong. Folks, same-sex marriage is abomination to God. And we need to teach it and preach it to our young people because it's infiltrating even the elementary schools today. It's sad. And it's the counsel of the ungodly. Hollywood has no counsel that's good for you. And then it says, Store standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But look at verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law doth I meditate day and night. Does this delight you today? I don't know about you, but 
after studying this message, I just wanted to come delighted. This is not a duty. I've been preaching over 8,000 messages over 46 years. 47, I don't know how many years. This is a delight that I get to preach the Word of God that I get to preach the life-changing word that I can take it to somebody yesterday on Saturday visitation. Folks, we ought to meditate on it day and night, day by day, night by night. And look look at the results of it, please. Verse 3, Psalms 1. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Nothing like being fruitful. Say amen. You want to be a happy vine, get some fruit. Happy branch, he's the vine. Have some fruit. His leaves shall, shall not wither. You know, I know a lot of Christians that are withering today, Brother Randy. I know a lot of, I mean, I know a lot of friends that are just withered. I mean, they're just, just restrained and, and re, retracting themselves from the good things of God. They stop reading their Bible. They're feeding and feasting on the philosophies of this world. They're listening to ungodly professors and they're listening to ungodly counselors and they're listening to Hollywood and they're listening to their self. And I'm going to tell you something, they're withering. They're drying up spiritually. They have no appetite for church. They don't want to come to Sunday school. They have no interest and they're losing it day by day because the devil is relentless to, 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 to draw out the strength and vitality and love for this word from your soul. It's a warfare. You need to read your Bible whether you want to or not because you need to. You need to come to church whether you feel like it or not because you need to. You need to come to Sunday school whether you feel like it or not because you need it. Amen? Praise God. We go to the doctor. But folks, this is not like coming to the doctor. This is like coming to a feast. This is like finding great treasure. Oh, praise God. I used to get excited about yard sales before all this quarantine stuff came on. Now I'm afraid to buy something. But man, I'd find a good deal. I'd come home, and before I'd bring it to the house, I'd always wash it up, clean it up, take the rust off of it, and then I'd show my wife, said, look what I got. She'd always shake her head and say, where are we going to put it? Your whole shed's full of yard sale deals now. I said, I'll resell it, praise God. I don't know, but this is a good deal, Amen. And I got to hand out three tracks, amen. amen. Thank God. You buy their junk, they got to take your tracks. But look at this. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit and his seed, his leaves shall not wither. Listen to this now. Whatsoever he does shall what? Prosper. Praise God you can't get any better than God's plan. And his word is seek first the kingdom of God is righteous and all these things will be added to you. You want a happy marriage? Put God first. Put God's word in it. Study God's word. Memorize God's word. Obey God's word. Design your life according to God's word, not some heli vision or some philosophy of the devil and the flesh and the world. Because your marriage won't last 10 minutes with that philosophy. If you don't believe it, look at their marriage and see how they're doing. Amen. Most of them have been married five or six times and they try to tell you how to, get, how to keep your marriage straight or who ought to get married. Friend, I want to tell you something. That's bad counsel. What we need is the word of God. This is pure counsel. Amen. Amen. Thank God I'm getting excited about this message. 
but I'll try to cut it off right here. Look at Psalms 119, verse 82. We ought to regard it as sweet. Here we go. I got a sweet tooth. I, I am so bad about eating sweets. My wife's a diabetic, and I just eat sweets all the time in front of her. She's so sweet, she cooks me sweets. She knows she can't even eat it, but she's cooking them for me. Amen. It's amazing. Praise God. I try to eat the second piece, you know, outside on the porch or something so she won't see me eating. But I love it. Look at Psalms 119, verse 82. Psalms 119, verse 82. The Bible says, Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? Folks, listen, I want to tell you something. God help us to realize that we ought to have a longing Bible says in verse 81, we, my soul fainted for salvation, but my hope in thy word. It'll be sweet to us. We ought to esteem it above all things. Job 23, 12, I already read that. What a long after the word of God. Look at verse 82 again. My eyes fell for thy word, saying, will thou, when will thou comfort me? We ought to long for a word. We ought to long not just for a good sermon, we ought to long for the word. It esteems. We ought to esteem the word. We ought to regard it. We ought to delight in it. We ought to love it exceedingly. And then let me just give you this one. We ought to stand in awe of the word of God. Look at Psalms 119, 161. 161, probably the most powerful verse in Psalms 119. It says, Princesses have persecuted me without a cause. Things get rough sometimes, but my heart standeth. In awe of thy word. Awe of thy word. Folks, we've lost the awe. I'm talking about the reverence, the holiness. I want to tell you this, friend. I don't care how many rings Tom Brady's wearing. You should not stand in awe of that quarterback. Amen. You shouldn't stand in awe of any man, any preacher, any leader. But I'll tell you, there's one thing God commands us to stand in awe of, His Word. Amen. Folks, it's all right to read it on your knees when you get weary. It's all right to, to not go out of the house without the New Testament in your pocket. It's all right because this Bible should be, you ought to stand in awe of it. You ought to reverence it. And then the Bible says in verse 16 that we ought to keep it. That sort of summarizes it. Or to keep in remembrance the Word of God. Psalms 119, 16. Just reading the Word of God, but it's enough. Amen, it's enough. It says in verse 16, I will delight thyself in thy statues. I will not forget thy Word. The worst thing that can happen to you is you get forgetful about the Word. Some people forget that we're having a Wednesday night service. They forget that Sunday school starts at 10 o'clock. But friend, what's more damaging than that it's on Monday morning you wake up and you forget to read this Bible. You forget to sing this Bible. You forget to adore this Bible. You forget to memorize this Bible. You forget to open your heart to the Word of God and let the Word speak to your heart. And you go through the day and wonder why it becomes unraveled. And you wonder why there's all this distress and all this confusion. I'll tell you why. You didn't hem it in with prayer and the Word of God when you got up. You're ineffective without the Word of God. You're unfruitful without the Word of God. 
Our hope is comes from the Word of God. We ought to be grieved when people disobey it. I said grieved. Look at Psalms 119, verse 158. Now, be of good cheer. I've only got 176 verses to cover in this chapter. We'll be out in a little bit. But look at, uh, where was I going? 158? It says this, I beheld the transgressors and was grieved because they kept not thy word. Is things happening lately grieving you? I mean, this same-sex marriage, this transgender junk, mutilating your body body to be a, a another person, you know, that's a slap in God's, the Creator's face. Go ahead and just slap it. I don't like being a girl. I want to be a boy. I don't like being a boy. I want to be a girl. Folks, I want to tell you something. That was determined at conception, and you ought to accept it. Amen. Amen. You say, getting political now. I'm getting biblical. And I'll tell you what grieves me is when people disobey God's word. It ought to grieve you when your children disobey God's word. It ought to grieve you when your children do not respect God's word. They don't listen to it when they come to the house of God. They don't listen to it during the week. They listen to the philosophies of rock and roll stars. They listen to the philosophy of Hollywood. They listen to the philosophy of their Snapchat friends that's always shooting them a picture or shooting them a word or shooting them a philosophy or shooting them their opinion. Well, I want to tell you something. If their opinion don't line up with the word of God, it is wrong. You shouldn't be checking it every minute thinking, well, let's see what they say about me or what I can say about them. We ought to be checking this Bible every minute of the day saying, God, what do you say about my life? And what can I say about your life but that I love you? And we ought to be grieved when people do not respect and love and honor. And can I sum up this message? Desire, an appetite for the precious Bible. When I was a little kid, I mean little, I couldn't even hardly walk. My mama brought me to church and put me in a beginner's class. And I'll never forget my first Bible teacher was Miss Massey, and she had one leg amputated and it was plastic. I don't know why that made an impression on my life. Maybe she kicked me with it. I don't know. She probably couldn't catch me because of it. I was a rascal. <sighs> I still am. But I tell you, I was a real rascal then. And my mama said, Son, you're going to go to church every time the doors open. Because you ain't going to turn out like your blooming daddy. That's what she said. That wasn't a good philosophy. And it wasn't a good motive. But she was saying, you're not going to turn out an alcoholic. And you're not going to turn out a drunk. I want you to turn out as a man of God. Amen. And my mama took me and my sister and we walked to church. Whiteford Avenue Baptist Church. We was on 1315 DuPont Avenue, about three blocks from the church. She'd get us and we'd walk to church. Let me just say this. Behind us was Daddy. Because if Daddy didn't walk to church with us, 
He didn't eat because my mama said, we're going to church. We've been through chaos and hell by the anchor all week, but this morning we're going to church. The first song I remember learning as a little beginner next to Miss Massey's plastic leg was the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I'll stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Sing it, children. B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I'll stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And then about eight years later, maybe nine, I was in a, Mr. Lawrence's Sunday school class. Dear old man. He was old. As I, I mean, he, he must have been in his 60s. He was old. <laughs> and I thought, my word, what is this old man going to teach us? And he'd get out the Bible to these junior boys. <laughs> and he'd sit there and say, God loves you. And God died for Jesus died for you and he arose for you and he wants to live through you and he wants you to have victory in your life. He wants you to overcome and he wants you to be a drunk. He don't want you to be selfish. He don't want you to live for yourself. He wants to use your life, little junior boys. He wants to use your life. You need to get saved. Here's how to get saved. Almost every Sunday morning, he'd take out the Bible and say, this is how to get saved. Please get saved. Boy, one Sunday morning, at the end of the invitation, all those Sunday school lessons came back home. I found myself walking down the aisle. I trust the Lord as my Savior. And I looked out. There was Miss Massey. Had her leg stuck out the aisle. Plastic. And there was Brother Lawrence. Old, I mean old. I mean, 60s, old. He's sitting over here. He got out his white handkerchief. Started wiping the tears away because he knew the word of God had done a business, had done business in the heart of a little hyperactive kid named Wayne. And that morning, my name was written on the Lamb's Book of Life because somebody loved me enough to make me go to Sunday school. But then when I got to Sunday school, I didn't hear about the Braves. I didn't hear about just a bunch of jabbling. I heard from the Word of God from a godly old lady and a godly old man who poured their heart into a son of a drunk. The Word of God and the Word of God changed my life there's power in this book and I love it I love it there was a blind man and he had a terrible accident after he went blind he used to read his Bible every day braille Bible with his finger he turned over some kerosene lamp. he almost burned himself to death and he burnt all his his hands most of his arms and he lost all the fillings in his, in his fingers. And he, and he wept. And he could not read the Word of God anymore. 
And he, he said, I'm, I can't read my Bible. Life is over for me. He was already blind. Now he couldn't feel. He couldn't even read the Braille Bible. And he put it up to his lips to kiss it goodbye before he gave it to his, to his mom and dad. He was an older teenager. And he touched the Braille with his lips. And his tongue accidentally touched one of the characters. And he realized he could read the Bible with his lips and his tongue. And he read his Bible through every year with his lips and his tongue. Now, friend, listen, you don't have that handicap. You have good eyes. And if you get real lazy, you can just turn on Alexander Scorby and put a, push a button and let him read it to you. Amen? You can come to church every time the doors is open. And, folks, you can hear the Word of God. You can read the Word of God. You can meditate on the Word. You can memorize the Word of God. And most important of all, day by day, you can live the Word of God. Oh, how I love, how I love the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this chapter, Nehemiah chapter 8, describing a revival where the people amened the Word of God through day by day living. God, help us do just that. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I preach longer than I intended to. Sometimes it just seems like this book becomes just an ordinary book, and that's bad. We've lost the awe of God's Word. We've lost the respect of God's Word. We've lost the delight of God's Word. We've lost our appetite for the Word of God. We need to battle that every day and never lose our desire. How many say, preacher, this morning, I just want to rededicate my life to loving, appreciating, and reading, memorizing, meditating, and living the Word of God is my prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? i got to raise mine. Sometimes I get so busy, I don't read my Bible. And that's a sin against God and a sin against my family. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for your word. May we adore it, love it, and may we live it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.